The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. Episode 5, Theology Matters, Why We Must Dig Deep in God's Word. With me today is Pastor Aaron, Pastor Jonathan, and Pastor Gary. Gentlemen, welcome. Good to be here. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So, let's start this thing off talking about why theology matters. First off, I'd want to start off with just a general definition of from Webster, you know, because he knows the definition of all the words. And so he defines theology as the study of religious faith, practice, and experience. And we would say that theology is to study God and who he is. And often we think of theology as only for the elders or the pastors or, uh, you know, the smart people when it comes to uh, what God's word says and who God is. So, we know that that's not the case, and then that's what we're here today to talk about, is that that is not the case. But why do we say that theology matters? Why is it so important? And any of you can just kind of go here, and that's where we'll start, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I think that's a common misconception by most church-going folks. It's not simply those who are outside the church, but those who are inside of it. And it, it is a very troubling thing to think about. Um, because we as believers should always and continually be growing. Not only is that a promise of the Spirit and His work through us, but the fact of the matter is, as our knowledge of God grows, so does our worship. It deepens. Um, Because God, you know, we say this often, but God is exactly the opposite of us. Once you get to know us more, like you see the flaws, you see the mistakes, you see the bumps and the bruises, and and you start to see people for who they really are. And, and a lot of times you lose respect. But when we think about theology, we think about the study of who God is, that only broadens and deepens our knowledge of God, therefore deepening it as well, our worship and just who we know he is. So then we can apply his promises more rightly throughout our entire walk, uh, basically no matter where we are in life. I would say that theology matters because who we worship matters, especially when we think about our eternity. And so if who I worship will matter so much as to where I will spend my eternity, then I don't want to be with all good purposes and intentions, worshiping a God who does not exist. And I, I think it's pretty clear that God delights to make himself known and we'll get into that i'm sure and i don't want to be before the throne of god one day and be unknowing of who god is when he's made it uh, so easy for him to be known yeah and i think 
a lot of times we forget this idea of uh, the relationship aspect of it all. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't want to have a relationship with someone or you wouldn't be able to say that you had a relationship with someone um, with the occasional conversation. You wouldn't know then. And so Christians oftentimes, and I don't understand it, and I'm just as guilty as the next person, uh, if we really desire to know God, there must be some sort of desire to know more than that surface level information that you pick up in a Sunday school class or um, on a Sunday morning or you hear it on the radio through a song. I mean, we're getting our theology from somewhere, whether we know it or not. And, and in, you're right, it's up to us to be able to um, look into that and see, hey, is this who God says he is or is this just something that I've heard along the way? <laughs> Gary, what are, you, what are you thinking here? I was just going to say, uh, to kind of piggyback off of what Johnny's saying, we need to know who we worship. Uh, we need to know the God of the Bible, not um, bits and pieces of the Bible, not um, what we think, um, what we feel the Bible says. We need to know what the Bible says. We need to know uh, Jesus Christ, who... Um, died on the cross for our sins, raised from the dead, and is now seated at the throne of God. Like, we need to know Him. Um, there, there have been times in my past, I know I've talked to people um, about theology, and I end up thinking, what kind of Jesus do you believe in? Because it's not the Jesus of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so, I, uh, theology matters because uh, not only um, is it affecting us, but it affects our family. Um, it affects everyone around us. Uh, we need to ensure that we're telling people truth and not what we feel is truth. Well, everyone is a theologian, right? And, I mean, that's that's the words of the great R.C. Sproul. Everyone's a theologian. And I think what is a struggle in our time maybe uniquely, maybe not, is just our unwillingness to yield to anything other than our own self as a standard. And so where where we would have to begin, right, to to know where we find good theology, where we're led in truth, is we must start with Scripture, right? Second Timothy 3, 16, 17, all Scripture is breathed out. It's theanustas, God breathed. And it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, mm-hmm. that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Mm-hmm. And just as you guys said, theology matters because we do not want to get into the end of this world saying, uh, or end of our time, and stand before God and cry to him, Lord, Lord. Mm-hmm. And here we have spent our entire life, all of our energy, everything that we had, to worship an idea of God, but not actually the God of scriptures. Amen. Yeah, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. And I think that's the important part, what Aaron said, what R.C. Sproul said. Everyone is a theologian. Everyone does study God, whether, whether or not to worship him, and unfortunately in some cases to try to disprove him. But they worship or they study who God is and what he has done. And we want to understand 
that God has made himself known, not as some kind of idea, some kind of construct, but as a personal God who delights to reveal who he is and what he has done. And primarily through his word. I think that's where we get the foundation as we've said over and over in our short time together here on this podcast. We want to believe what we believe about who God is and who we are and what our world is because of what the Bible says. But then also, I mean, just the the natural revelation that's out there. Um, when we we live in a beautiful, gorgeous place. I drive over Ford Hill almost every day on Chapman Highway and I see the Smoky Mountains and and I, I try to every day thank God that he would give me such a picture. And, you know, I think of Psalms 19, the, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim his handiwork. They are without speaking, without having a voice, proclaiming the glory of God. Romans 1, all creation testifies that there's a God. God delights to make himself known in the most un, unbelievably huge elements of creation to the smallest minute details that goes into how our eye functions. Like it testifies that that's not some random chance uh, stardust bumping into stardust. And it just happens that we all appear this way and are talking in this manner, but it's telling us that God is the designer and creator of it all. So even by looking at creation, we're studying who God is. Amen. Yeah. So it all it, that make all of that makes sense. So why do we think that there is some sort of resistance from the church when it comes to theology? Is it a is it a misunderstanding of what it means? Is it a heart issue? Is it a sin issue? What's what's going on to where we hear the word theology and we automatically turn off and say, oh, I'm I'm not smart enough for that, or uh, you know, I, I I can't do that. I'm really good at um, living a good life, and I'm really good at being. Um, you know, who I'm supposed to be, but I just can't, I don't understand, or I can't put that effort into study or whatever it is. The, the word theology sometimes scares some people away. Why is that? I, I think it's a hard issue. Um, several times I have come across um, scripture in the Bible where it is hard for me to... Um, not understand, but know that I have put myself at odds with the Holy God, um, uh, according to scripture. And I have to submit myself to God's word, to God and his word. Um, that part of my life, I have to surrender that to the Lord. And I think, um, because of our culture, because of, uh, um, the different uh, doctrines that are out there, the different false teachings that are out there, uh, combining with how we feel, with our, our feelings, how we think um, this should go, how what we think is right, what we think is wrong. Um, no, it's all written down in God's Word, what's right, what's wrong, and what we um, need to submit our lives too, which is a holy God in his word. Amen. I, I would agree with that. I would say kindly as possible that I think it can be a laziness, mm -hmm. just period. Um, 
it's so much easier to just continue with the default setting, right? Like, I don't know about you men, but whenever I've had theological discussions with folks who had had sharp disagreements with me over a particular theological issue, uh, far often than I wish was the truth was this is the answer I get or the retort that I get is, well, this is what I've always been taught. Or, you know, the church that I grew up with always told me this. I've never heard anything like that. And that's heartbreaking to me because I, I, I talked about it from the pulpit a few weeks ago. It's so sad for me to see Christians who are towards the end of their life who have barely grown at all. And, and I don't mean this as a derogatory term, but we've got to move past the Sunday school level to deepen in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And if all that we, if we cannot take any sort of pushback, you know, if someone's, that, that's the danger with a lot of the churches that we come from is, you know, you're kicked out of the kingdom if you're not our twin. Well, why can't we have dialogue? Why can't we talk? Well, we just don't do that. You know, we don't, we know what we believe and that's what we leave it. And you, and you continue with those mantras, but you never tell people why you believe it. You never give them the ability to go and defend it. Like, I don't know how many times I've been talking about the sovereignty of God and, and you're going through and you're talking about how God saves, how God has ordered the universe, how his hand is in every bit of it. And then you hear back, well, I wouldn't worship a God like that. As Johnny said uh, when he was uh, talking about the pastor's quote, he said, what, do something you wouldn't do? But no, they would say, oh, I couldn't worship a guy like that. And I'm saying, you're actually the objector in Romans chapter 9. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're literally paying the, playing the part of the man who Paul is arguing against. This is not something that we take lightly because to not worship Christ in spirit and truth is to say that we don't love Christ. We've gotten and we've received fire insurance and we want that to take us all the way home. Once in a while, we'll throw some money in. We'll show up on Sundays and even go to a few of the outreaches. But beyond that, I don't want to grow. And to not want to grow is to not want to know God more. And to not want to want to know God more says a lot about your relationship or lack thereof with him. Yeah, and to add to all that, I think there is a laziness. I think there is a hard issue. And I would kind of point those both together is the more that we study God, the more that we study his word, we're going to come face to face with who we are. And that's going to expose some things, whether it's bad tradition that we're holding on to or whether it's a serious sin problem. Uh, You know, I think of, I think of Job and this amazing righteous man who has had everything taken away from him. And for chapter after chapter after chapter in Job, he's dialoguing with his friends. He's getting beat up by them um, mentally. And, Finally, when he's questioning God, God just lays a smackdown on him. Were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? Amen. And what I love about Job is in, in Job's discovery of who God is, he doesn't, he doesn't say, I don't like that. He just says, I'm going to shut my mouth. <laughs> I got it. I see you. I need, I need to be the one that repents and changes. And so I think theology, while we, when we study it, there might be some... The heart issue is certainly a big part of it. Laziness is certainly a huge part of it. But I think a little bit of fear of 
that means I might discover things that need to radically be transformed by the power of God. And often we are too hesitant to go discover it. Yeah. Well, no one likes to be told that they're wrong, (laughs) right? That's not a good feeling. And so I can, I completely agree. I think that's, that is part of the issue is when you open God's word and when you ask God to reveal himself to you, you begin to see how terrible you really are and how big of a sin you really are and how much you need God and his grace and his goodness. Absolutely. So anybody want to add anything there? No, I just think that's a place where humility comes into play. You have got to be willing to crucify your flesh. You have got to see the goodness and the worthiness of our King. If not, you are going to fight that. I mean, your flesh is going to anyway, but you are going to have to fight that forever. Now, do you see Jesus is worthy of that fight? Do you see him? Do you see him as more worthy than the exaltation of your flesh? Will you humble yourself? That's that's part of the key. Yeah. And I know um, just based off our discussions that we see throughout Scripture the importance of knowing God and, and having to dig deep. And I know you guys have some Scripture references that you'd like to throw out. I figured right now we can kind of go through and just toss out some Scripture references to where um, we see it written in God's Word, the importance of knowing God more than what you, again, get on a Sunday school level. Um. Going back to what I originally said about uh, false doctrines, um, false teachers, uh, and being careful of what Jesus are you uh, worshiping. We, we worship Jesus Christ of the Bible, not the Jesus Christ that we made up. And the Bible um, warns us about that and, and teaches us that we are to uh, not only be careful, but to grow um, in our theology, so to speak, um, of who God is. And um, Ephesians four, chapter uh, Ephesians chapter four, verses fourteen uh, and fifteen says, "So that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves." and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Um, When I read that, I think of the false doctrines that I see and hear about through uh, media, uh, television, or um, Facebook. And um, I'm just disheartened. I, there's so many people being led astray by um, uh, a Jesus that doesn't exist. Jesus does exist, and that's the Jesus of the Bible, not the Jesus that someone has made up or believe should be. Um, it's, it's our God, our King, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, a lot of that is not even on purpose. Uh, how many times do we see something shared on social media and you're like, oh, that's nice. And then you're like, hey, wait a minute, something's not, something's not right. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's innocence, but it all boils back to 
a lack of theology, a lack of knowing who God is and understanding his word. And so, you know, we keep saying this and we're not bashing on Sunday school in any stretch of the means. So don't be offended. But uh, it goes back to that. It's it's that surface level um, Sunday school knowledge that you twist into whatever you need it to be to fit into what you want it to say at that particular time. And then you share a post out of context, you know, or, or scripture out of context. Yeah, that's right. It happens yeah. all the time. I was just going to say, just add uh, one thing real quick. God is God of the whole Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament, the whole Bible. He's not just bits and pieces that people have picked out. Well, when we, when we create a Jesus in our own image, we create an idol. Like you can put Jesus' words and terminology with him, and you can use verses to back it up. But when you agree and he disagree with you and he disagrees with nothing about you, it's unlikely that it's the Jesus of the scriptures, right? And, and someone so, said, um, if if God loves all the same people and hates all the same people as you do, you've created God in your image. Amen. Well, that's right. And it, and the difference between wise discernment and not having wise discernment is not not figuring out what's right and wrong. That's easy. We can do that. It's trying to understand what is almost wrong and what is almost right. Mm. Knowing the difference and living in the gray area where this world operates so much in. Yeah. I, I would just say the wonderful thing about theology is kind of going back to what I said first is God does delight to make himself known through creation, through his word. And I love thinking about that, you know, not only is the word being the Bible that we have, you know, Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light into my path. But the word, you know, I love thinking about Jesus being the word of God. Mm -hmm. God delights to make himself known through his son, through the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, who's come in flesh. And as Colossians one says, I just want to read it because it's just so beautiful. He is the image of the invisible God being Jesus, the firstborn of all creation for by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Mm -hmm. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in everything he might be preeminent for in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself, all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace, by the blood of his cross and you who were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven. Amen. So God makes himself known fully and finally through his son, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And, I just love that. Like he is the image of the invisible God. Yeah. Uh, what a beautiful, beautiful truth. Yeah, that, that definitely is. We, we have this unique ability that we just we're taking for granted by not doing. We have the ability to know the creator of mm. all things, yeah. to know him in an intimate and personal way, uh, just like the scripture says. And, and here we are in this day and age where almost everyone can have a Bible in their pocket with their phone and we have little to no understanding of who God is when God has made himself known by what he's created 
written down in his word and displayed in his son. And we have little to no, no knowledge of who he is. I mean, that's an incredible indictment on who we are. As it makes me think of Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. It says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. There it is, right? Like, we must be in the scriptures. If we're going to simply claim that Jesus Christ found us dead, lost in our sins, unable to help ourselves, brought us resurrection, has saved us, miraculously transformed us, but then we're not going to be interested in him after that. We've simply prayed a prayer. We've walked an aisle. We've gotten emotional because it was the last day of camp and we were tired. And we've never been changed. We have a head knowledge. We have a demon knowledge, you know, right? They quake at the name of Jesus. They go further than most of us. But there is no repentance. There is no change. Mm -hmm. See that... If we don't hunger for the word, then in a very real way, we do not hunger for the one true God. And this is why theology matters, because the gospel is a head, heart, hands uh, reality. You know, Romans 12, that that whole thing that, that Paul's encouraging is make your life a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, so that you won't be conformed to the image of this world. You'll be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So a, a knowledge of God that leads to salvation is who he really is. Uh, and, you know, that what, what Pastor Aaron just talked about that will not save is a knowledge of God that is a, a puny God that we just respond to whenever we want to because it's all about us. And this is why it's, theology is so important is because going back to what we said at first to make sure that we are worshiping the God of the Bible, the sovereign God over all creation. That's an important thing. And we have to know it. And to, to know that will surely transform everything about who we are and how we respond to him. Amen. Yeah. So I want to go around the room right here as we kind of wrapping things up and just in a few words, why does it matter? So who, whoever wants to start us off, couple of words. Why does it matter that we are digging deep? Why does theology matter? Who wants to go first? Uh, it, all of it matters. It's, it, it's the most important uh, thing um, we can do is understand, uh, begin to understand who God is, the God of the Bible. Um, everything hinges on that. Uh, Know that it doesn't just affect you, it affects your family, um, wives, children. Um, You want them to know the truth, uh, not um, someone else's truth. You want them them to know the truth of the Bible. That's a good one. I'll I'll go ahead and that way you guys can have a few more seconds. Uh, For me, I think it would be so that any passing wind that comes by that tells you something, you would know different. So, so you're not being deceived, you know, whether on purpose or by accident. Um, you're not being deceived of who God really is. Mm-hmm. That's why theology matters. Amen. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'd 
just with my last thought, I would like to encourage folks. Um, it does take work, right? It does take digging in. It does take your time. And, it, you know, for most of us, if we would just simply not refresh a feed, we could get through a passage of Scripture in no time. Yeah. Um, I think it was John Piper who said Facebook's existence testifies to the fact that we've always had time to read and pray. Mm-hmm. We just choose not to. And so it's a discipline for a reason, but it is one that will not come back fruitless. And what I just want to encourage everyone with is a passage of scripture that we read often. I won't read the whole thing, but it's just so good. When we think of the work that God has begun in us, if we're truly in Christ, he promises to complete and bring that whole work to completion. He's going to do that through us. It does not mean we sit like a leaf going and being carried down the river. We swim with the current. We follow Christ. But I love Romans 8 for almost everything in the scriptures, any truth you'll ever teach. But verses 28 through 30 seems to speak to what we're talking about in this episode. And it says, what everyone knows well, right? And we know that for those who love God, all things work to uh, work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Now, generally, we stop there. Generally, we just quit there because that's what we're comfortable with because difficult doctrine is coming up. But the reason why verse verse 28 means so much is for what comes after that, because of the sure promises of God. It says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. Your conforming into the image of the Son of God has been predestined. It is settled. God will do this. This isn't maybe it's going to happen. This is God saying, I'm going to make this happen in you. I've claimed you as my child, and I will conform you into my son. In order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers, and those whom he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. That is what's known as the golden chain of redemption, because it's unbroken. All of those things that are being accomplished in that passage are things that God is doing. They're not subjective up to us. They're not up to our abilities or anything that we can do. These are things that that God is accomplishing for his own glory. So be of good cheer. Be encouraged. If you are in Christ, God is going to form you. He's going to convict you and lead you by his spirit. And you will grow into who you are to be by His grace. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And if you're not in God's Word, then how are you going to be convicted, yeah. right? How how is it, His Word can't convict you unless you're focused on God's Word. Yeah, Johnny. There's a lot. I think I would just sum it up by saying this. One of my favorite quotes is from John Piper: "Missions exist because worship doesn't." And we want a theology that leads us to tell people the good news about Jesus. And why we care so much about theology is we don't want to, with all good intentions, go and tell people a gospel that will not save. Mm -hmm. And so theology matters because we want people to know the truth about who God is, what he has come to do by, by the person and work of Jesus Christ. And we trust that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And, and so my last little warning is something that Aaron actually said a minute ago. We don't want a bunch of smart people in the word that just sit around and say, we're smart. Mm-hmm. 
we want people with a theology that takes them outside the four walls of our church building and goes and proclaims the good news of Jesus. Because as, as Aaron said in, in James, even the demons believe and they shudder. And we don't want a lot of people who just go, yes, I know this, this, and this about who God is. If your knowledge doesn't lead you to share the good news of Jesus, then it's probably not a good theology. Amen. Amen. Gentlemen, any, any final words? As we wrap this up, great content today. We could probably keep this going for a long time. Uh, you know, 30 minutes is not a lot of time when we're talking about knowing God, but we hope that uh, you as the listener were able to pull some things today on why we believe that that theology is important and why we have to dig deep. Uh, just a quick wrap up of some of the things. We got to start with scripture. Um, that is where we begin to know and to understand who God is and uh, and it's not easy, like Aaron said. It it, it is difficult, but if we are, uh, if we have the desire to know God, um, we will do that which our heart desires, and we'll put that effort into that. So again, thank you, gentlemen, for uh, being here today. Thank you. And, uh, and we hope that you, as a listener, enjoyed our content today. Uh, and as always, you can always reach out to us with any questions, especially as we go through some of these topics that are a little more difficult to understand, or you may have some questions about. So, Johnny, will you close us in prayer today? Yeah. Father God, we thank you for this time. I thank you for this discussion. And uh, I pray that every person here, every person listening, would care so deeply about knowing you, trusting you, following you, that we will be able to present ourselves as workers approved by you. And that we would care deeply about your word, care deeply about the people around us, and share the good news of the gospel with all those we come in contact with. God, we love you. Thank you so much that you have not just left us in our sin and to, to do nothing, uh, but you have delighted to make yourself known. You have shared with us the bad news of who we are so that we can know the good news of who Jesus is. And, and for that, we give you all the glory. And we pray all these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you're outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.